Well, good morning. It is great to see each one of you today, and it's good to be in the, the house of the Lord. Amen? It's wonderful to look around and see mostly awake and smiling faces, some not so quite awake, but maybe if we sing a couple of more songs, um, we can change that. But regardless, it is good to see you, and I'm glad to be able to worship with you this morning, and I welcome you to Cross Timber. It's a good day to be in the house of the Lord, whether you're here in person or whether you're you're listening in or watching online, it is our pleasure to have you, and we look forward to the time that we have together this morning. Um, let me just remind you that if you're visiting with us, we're glad you're here. It's always a, a pleasure to have someone visit with us, and if you want to communicate with us, I don't have one in front of me, but there's a little tan card that you probably saw in the bulletin that says Connect Card on it. It's a great way for you to share information um, with us or for us to share information with you. And if you have a question or a prayer concern, you can list it on that card and place it in the offering plate when we pass that in just a, a couple of moments. I don't know if you were around during the Sunday School Hour this morning, but um, it's exciting um, to note that we have um, three new um, Sunday School classes that have, have started very recently, and I just wanted to highlight those um, after I tell you just a short um story that I may have told you, but that's okay. Um, it's all right to repeat stories because you've probably forgotten it. Um, anyway, um, just several weeks ago, probably a few months ago, I was walking around the building and was really just pretty discouraged. Um, you know, it's been, you know, we're almost two years into, um, you know, dealing with the effects of, of, of COVID and just the, the toll it's taken on everyone and, and realizing that there were a lot of rooms in our building that and were, were dark and doors were closed where those lights were on and there were people in them not too long ago. And so I was just walking around the building talking to the Lord and what I really believe um, came from the Lord was just the idea that the, the Lord had, had just said that he was going to turn the lights on in those Sunday school rooms on one at a time and that it was his responsibility to choose which lights he turned on Win. And so this morning, with praise to God and joy in my heart, we have three lights that have been turned on. Deborah Williamson last week launched a English as a second language class so that brothers and sisters from our Congolese congregation can enjoy Sunday school and also learn English at the same time. And so that is incredibly exciting. So that's one. Rich and Sue Moore this week started an older children's class for fourth and, and fifth graders. And so that is an answer to prayer. And I know at least two um, people, I know um, Elijah and Ariana have waited anxiously for several weeks, wanting to know when is our class going to start. And it started today, and I'm excited about that. And the third one, um, Angela and, and Leslie have, have volunteered, and we now have a nursery class that meets during the Sunday school hour for the little ones, for the under four kids, so they can learn about Jesus as well. And so God is faithful. He is turning lights on, and I'm so excited. And that just leads me to encourage you, if you're not a part of a Bible study class, a Sunday school class, I encourage you to give it a try. Um, just looking at the numbers, on average, um, there's probably 20 or so of you that are here for worship to 20, 20 to 30 depending on the Sunday that are not connected with a Bible study class. And I just encourage you to give it a try. We have a class um, for you. We would love you to take 
party minute. And it's a great way to fellowship. It's a great way to learn God's Word. Let me just highlight a couple of other things before we read, and we're going to read from Matthew chapter 9 this morning. First of all, let me remind you men, men's breakfast tomorrow morning, 6.30, Elk Diner. We'd love, you, love for you men to, to join us for a time of breakfast, fellowship, and prayer. And then next Sunday morning on the 31st, right after our morning service, we will have our quarterly business meeting. Um, there'll be no meals, so if you need a snack, bring a snack along, and we'll do our best to, um, to work through the business that we have in a timely manner before anyone is too hungry. And so that's next Sunday morning. The last thing is you may notice that there is a Christmas tree hanging out um, in the lobby. Um, like it or, or not, Christmas is not far away. And one of the ways that we participate in, in helping our community with Christmas is through Harvest House's Holiday Friends Program. You may remember in the past that they have placed angel items on the tree where you go and you purchase a gift and bring it back. And then those um, clients, those families are able to come to a, a time where they can select um, toys or gifts for their children. Well, this year, um, partly because of COVID and, and also just a way to empower families to be able to choose gifts for their own children, they're doing things a little bit differently. They're partnering with Walmart, and they're going to actually allow give them gift cards so that the families can shop for their families and their children, limiting them to, to buy things you know, for, for Christmas. And so if you would like to participate in that, um, what Harvest House is asking is you grab one of those cards that are on the Christmas tree, and you can do one of two things. You can bring a Walmart gift card here to the church, and we'll get that to Holiday Friends. Or you can make out a check to the church and just write somewhere in the memo, it's for Holiday Friends. And that will go toward um, helping families that may not be able to have Christmas celebrate Christmas. I and mean, so if you're interested in doing that, grab a, um, a card off the tree. It has much more information than, than I was able to share with you this morning. But it's a good way to help and celebrate um, Christmas. Our scripture reading this morning will be from Matthew chapter 9. I'm going to start reading in verse 35 and read through the end of the chapter. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. Because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Father, we join our hearts in prayer this morning, thanking you for the gift of worship and the privilege to be here today in this building, gathered together as brothers and sisters. And Lord, we do join in the prayer that Jesus called us for, Lord, that you would send out laborers into the harvest. As we look out across our community and our land, we see people that are in need, people that are hurting, people that need hope, people that need to know that they are loved, that they have a purpose, that you have a plan for. And so we do agree that the, the harvest is ready and it's plentiful. And so, Lord, that you would give us in our hearts a desire to, to share our faith. You would give us 
hearts that have compassion for people like Jesus had. You would give us boldness to go and you would open our eyes and help us to see the harvest of this all around us. We thank you that we can gather together this morning to sing praises to your name, to listen to your word. And Lord, we thank you that your presence is here by the Holy Spirit. And we thank you that he is with us, that he will guide us in the truth, he will teach us. And so, Lord, we pray this morning you warm our hearts by the presence of your Spirit, that you would show us the delight and the glory of your Son, Jesus, that we would see him high and lifted up, and that we would worship this morning the one true God, that we would celebrate the reign of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, or that we would hear your voice, we would experience your presence, we would walk away transformed. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of, of worship. And Lord, thank you for the gifts that you provide us. Lord, you're the great provider. We lack nothing. We can trust you for everything. And we pause now in our service to offer back our offerings and our tithes to you. A way of saying thank you. A way of expressing our faith. And we ask you to take it and to multiply it and to use it for work here in this place, in our community, in our state, in our country, and around the world. We praise you because you are worthy of praise. And we give thanks in the name of Jesus, the name above all names. And we pray in his name. Amen.
brought a, a Bible along, you can turn over to Luke chapter 8. We'll be starting to read there in just a moment, starting in verse, verse 4 as we look at God's Word together. If you remember last week, I know that's um, a challenge for me sometimes to remember what I did a week ago. And we asked the question, one of our five questions, am I rooted in God's Word daily? And I, and I challenge you to commit to spend time with Jesus every day for seven days, starting last week. And I'm not going to ask you to hold up your hand and, and show me if you did, but remember, we, we talked about that time where it's just you, it's Jesus, and it's your, your Bible open. And I encourage you to start small, you know, ten minutes a day, read some scripture, pray, listen to Jesus, and let him speak to you and then speak back to him and, and share, you know, with him. And if you have, you know, the question I want you to think about is, can you, can you tell that there is a difference? Can you, can you notice a difference? And then what I want to continue asking you to do is keep it going and, and commit to another, you know, seven days. If you only made five out of seven days or four out of seven, don't become discouraged, but be encouraged that God will use that time to invest spending with Him to make a difference in your life. So this week we're moving on to the next of our five questions, and that question is, am I sowing good seed weekly? Am I sowing good seed weekly? You know, the, the type of seed that you plant in the ground is, is going to determine what grows. I don't know if you've walked around oak trees lately, but you, you may have noticed that acorns are beginning to fall, and if we wanted to have oak trees, we would plant acorns. But the good news is we don't have to do a lot of that because the squirrels um, take care of most of the planting for us. And if we want to see God raise up something even greater than oak trees, if we want to see God raise up oaks of righteousness, then what we plant is good seed. We plant gospel seeds. And so the more often we sow good seeds, the more opportunities people have to meet Jesus, to see who he is. Because as we're going to see in a minute when we read together, when that good seed falls on good ground, new life um, springs up. And that's exciting because that's changed lives. That's old to new transformation. That's when strongholds are broken, people are set free, and that's God's kingdom advancing into the world and pushing back the darkness. In three of the Gospels, in the Gospels, Jesus tells a story about a farmer who goes out one day to sow some seeds. And he's not... Um, he wants his disciples to understand the story, so he tells us that the seed, we'll find out, is God's word, and the soils really represent four different kinds of people. So we're going to read this morning from Luke chapter 8 together, and then we'll see how God wants you and I to be a part of his mission to sow good seeds wherever we go. Hang on, are y'all having trouble back there? Possibly. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, we'll continue on. I think I'll catch up with it. Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 4. You follow along in your copy of Scripture, whether that's on your phone or in um, on your paper Bible. It says, And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, 
A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it, and some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what the parables meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The, one along, the ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but... As they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. Thank you, Lord, for the treasure of your word and the privilege we have to study it together this morning. We ask you to speak to our hearts from the pages of our Bibles by the power of your Spirit, and you would change us, work in us, and transform us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you do have a bulletin, you'll find on that back page some notes that you can fill in, and there's just some simple blanks that um, it should be easy, but it just kind of helps you follow along as we study together. And the main idea I really want to communicate this morning is that a growing disciple of Jesus, which is really what we all want to be, regularly shares the gospel and shows God's love. That part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus is sharing the gospel, telling the good news about who Jesus is and what he has done for us and showing his love. So I have three simple points to help us along the way. And the first one is simple, a bit simple. Simply this, every disciple of Jesus is commanded to sow good seeds. Both all three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, tell the same story that we just read a little bit differently about this farmer that goes out and just sows seeds. It would have been very easy for people to understand that day that we're a farming culture and most people grew things to live. And the method of planting was very simple. They would, they would plow the ground up to break it up. They would go out and they would throw seeds out of a bag on the ground. They would rake it over and then they would trust in the rain to cause it to grow. And so this farmer is out there scattering seed. And if you've ever fertilized your front yard, you realize that some of the fertilizer or some of the seeds falls in exactly the places you want but then some of that falls in places you don't want. I was always frustrated when I would be pushing the fertilized spreader that I would get it on the, the driveway or the sidewalk. And my dad taught me that, you know, you don't leave it there. You have to sweep it up. Um, 
he would sweep it up in a dustpan and you know, spread it on the yard. I was going to sweep it to the side. It's a slight variant of the same principle, um, but um, I still hope it did work. But the seed that was cast would fall in places that would, lay, would fall on the ground and it would grow, or some of it would fall in places where it wouldn't. And that's just the, that's the essence of the story. And the seed that he's talking about and painting this picture is, is God's word. So imagine somebody going out and spreading the truth about who God is. First in this story, it's Jesus as he goes about and tells people about the coming of the kingdom. And those soils are different kinds of people. And we know we run into different kinds of folks along the way. So he gives us a simple picture to follow. And he says some of that seed falls on a path and some of the gospels or hard ground. And it gets stepped on or birds come along and eat it. And he said that represents those that they hear the word and then the devil comes along and steals it away. And oh, we see that in our society today that there is a battle for truth and there is an enemy who loves nothing more than to spread lies and to attack the truth. But then some of it falls on rocky ground. There's a little bit of dirt mixed in with some, some soil. And these seeds sprout up quickly, but then they quickly wither. They fall away and, and die. And these are the ones that grow quickly, but the root never goes down deep. And imagine someone who believes for a short moment and then... Um, and falls away. You got it. Excellent. And then there's others that fall among thorns. Imagine weeds that grow up and that choke out the plants. And we see people all throughout our world. They just go on living their lives day to day, and the cares of the world, the riches, the pleasures become more important than following after God. And it looks promising for a moment, but the fruit never matures. And there are scores of people like that that maybe have walked an aisle or prayed a prayer, or maybe even been baptized, that really you look at their life and you don't see any real fruit that they're following after Jesus. But then he gets to the good part. He says there was some good seed that fell on good soil and it grew and yielded a harvest, a hundredfold. And this is the person that hears God's word, holds on to it fast, has an honest and good heart, and they see that they're bearing fruit. A true follower of Jesus. And so we see the principle that simply this, good seed and good ground produces good fruit. And when I say good fruit, that is a, someone who grows and reproduces. Think of it this way, somebody that's growing in their faith and reproduces or makes disciples. And the responsibility of every believer me included, is to share the gospel, to sow those seeds. Now, it should be exciting to think that we get the privilege of sharing the most life-changing truth that there is in the entire world. That Jesus and his only Son to come into this world to set us free from sin. That Jesus died on the cross, he was buried in a tomb, and he rose again so that we could live. That anyone could have eternal life. They wouldn't perish, but not just eternal life, abundant, exciting life. That we have the power through Jesus to live a transformed life by the power of the resurrection. That's exciting. It should be exciting. It should be the most 
incredible experience that we have that God gives us the privilege to be His ambassadors, to share that truth with the world around us. To give people the opportunity to respond. You know, that they have the opportunity to repent from their sin and turn toward Jesus. To believe that Jesus is who the Bible says He is, that He is both Savior of all and Lord of all. And then to have the opportunity to commit their life to Jesus. I love the picture of the disciples when it says what they they left everything and followed him. This is what it means for someone to hear the gospel. That they receive the truth about Jesus or they hold it fast with an honest and good heart. Have you ever had something in your your life, you've had, you're so excited about it, think, I'm never going to let this go. Keepsake, a treasure. That's what God's word, God's truth in us, it's a treasure that we will never let go of. And more exciting, it's a truth that will never let go of us. Once Jesus has got you, he's got you, and those that are his, he will never let go. And so the good seed falls on good ground and bears fruit with patience. Boy, that word patience takes time. Growing as a disciple is a a process. Immediately we recognize that the old life is gone and a disciple is born, but that fruit may take some time. Those rough edges of our life have to be worn down. We undergo transformation, we undergo sanctification, and And Jesus works in us. But we have this exciting news, but we also have a very specific command. Jesus wanted it to be clear that our responsibility as a disciple is to go and make disciples of all nations. We call it the Great Commission. Most people recognize it from Matthew chapter 28. I think it's interesting that in 2018, I don't know what the number is for 2021, but 51% of people that go to church didn't know what the Great Commission was. They were given a simple multiple choice question, what is the Great Commission? And they were given A, B, C, and D. And roughly half could say that was the Great Commission, but the rest couldn't. And I would argue that probably less than 50% take it seriously. Because if we did take it seriously, we would see more men and women coming to Christ. We would see more disciples being born and our churches and lives transformed. And if we want to make more disciples, then we have to plant gospel seeds. And I hope you understand from what I said, it's not only rewarding, it's a requirement. It's it's not optional. It's challenging, yes, but it's very rewarding. And this is one of those areas that's so important in our lives that the devil will do anything to keep us from doing it. And he'll lie to us and say things like, people really don't want to listen. Nobody wants to hear that. Or he'll build up fear in your heart. You'll say, I I can't go out and share my faith because what will people say about me? What what if they tell me no or if they reject me? Or they'll just say, or the devil may say to us, evangelism just doesn't work anymore. 
But the truth is this. People still need Jesus. People still need Jesus. There's so many people that still need to hear. There are people that are just waiting for someone to tell them. And so the truth is, everyone should be a witness. Now you may say, well, what am I supposed to do? Well, if you know Jesus, then you have a story to tell. It's simply this, who you were before you met Jesus, when you met Jesus, and then what Jesus means to you now. It's a bit like those before and after pictures, except they're absolutely true. I took this supplement for 30 days, and here is what I look like now. I use this miracle cure for my mouth, and, and now my teeth are perfect and straight after only 30, 30 days. It's just simply telling the truth, and it's our duty to share it. Jesus tells his disciples, you will be my witnesses. And a witness just, a witness tells something they know for sure. And the idea is that it's a verbal testimony. It's using your mouth to speak actual words to a real person. And then it's supported by the life we live, a godly life. That people should not only hear from our lips what we believe, but they should see love in our lives, holiness in our lives, and they should see evidence through good works. Because God desires that every person be saved. Why? Because every person is valuable to God, created and formed in the image of God. Each one a unique masterpiece, each one loved by God. So when Peter writes in 2 Peter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promises, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Look out across the world. Who does God want to save? Everyone. Who needs to hear? Everyone. And so because of that, we sow the good seed of the gospel because everyone needs to hear we have the greatest news in the world that every single person needs to hear. We have a responsibility to share it. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. Preach the gospel to all the world. You see the responsibility there? It's to share with everyone, everywhere. So when Paul writes Romans, he says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching or proclaiming the truth? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. There is a problem or a predicament. People need to hear about Jesus. There is a remedy the good news of the gospel, and there is there are messengers or people that go and tell that news, and that is us. People all around us need to hear. And our job is to simply spread the word and to sow seeds. And because so many need to hear, we must sow seeds abundantly. Now, there's some realities that we face when we talk about sharing our faith. And the first one I want you to understand is that everyone without Jesus is lost. 
Regardless of what some people argue and tell you, not everyone is going to heaven. Not everyone has eternal life. You will hear people tell you that because God is so loving that he would not send anyone to hell. That is partly true. God is so loving. But God does not send anyone to hell. God gives each person a free choice to choose to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved, or to choose to reject him and face the consequences. But everyone you encounter, if they don't have Jesus in their life, is lost. I had the privilege, before he retired and before he passed away, to take personal evangelism from Dr. Roy Fish. And Dr. Roy Fish loved Jesus and he loved people. And because he loved Jesus and he loved people, he loved telling people about Jesus. And he wrote a little pamphlet written in the 80s for, for teenagers called I Dare You. And it was about personal evangelism. And he said from this, anyone without Jesus is in danger of being without him for all eternity. And he tells it like this. It's like walking out to the ocean and seeing people drowning in the water one by one. And then he asks the question, if we were there, would we owe anything to that person that was drowning? He said, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, we are like people that have life preservers. And we look out and we see people that are drowning. And our duty is to throw out the life preserver. And then he says, we can't make them take a hold of it. But we can at least give them the chance. Everyone without Jesus is lost. And as Rico Tice says in his book, Honest Evangelism, loving people means warning people. If there was a danger so great that you did not want someone to encounter it, you would do everything you could to warn them. My goodness, we do everything we can to warn people to stay off I-35 if there's a wreck, to stay out of traffic. What are we doing in our lives to warn people about their eternity apart from Jesus? Because when we warn those people, when we sow that good seed, it's the potential for new life. When we share the gospel, the, the seed we sow falls on the ground, and that ground is different. Each person responds differently. Some may receive it. Some may reject it. Some may become violent. Some may become angry. Some may just not care at all. But our responsibility is to sow seed, to share the good news, to tell people about Jesus and to pray for God to do the rest. And so everyone without Jesus is lost. But the next thing we need to see is the day that we live in is evil. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 says this, Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as wise as not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time, because the days are evil. Now, 
Now, I don't think that needs a lot of description. The days are evil. You don't have to look very far from your own house or your own neighborhood to see that the world we live in is a mess. And if you follow history, you realize things are not getting any better. In fact, they're getting worse. Evil is all around us. But while evil is all around us, we need to be reminded, as John says in 1 John 3, that Jesus came to defeat evil and destroy the works of the devil. He didn't come, he came to give us eternal life, but he also came to destroy evil and the works of the devil. And so when we plant gospel seeds, not only is it that new life, but it's God beginning to work to overcome evil with good. Darkness being turned to light, old being made new. So because the days are evil, and also in that verse you see that we need to make the best use of our time because the time we have is short. There's an urgency to tell as many people as we can while we can because one day it's going to be too late. I don't have the statistics in front of me, but... It's staggering to look on a worldwide basis how many people die every day. And those that stand without a personal relationship from Jesus stand before God in judgment. And apart from Him, they will be separated from God forever in a place that is real called hell. And so the very eternity of people depends on a personal relationship with Jesus. He's coming back. The Bible is clear. Jesus says in Revelation 22, I am coming soon. No one knows when it's going to happen. But when Jesus returns, those that do not have a relationship with him will face judgment and be eternally separated from God. So we need to sow as many seeds as we can while we can, while there's still time. I read earlier in Matthew, Jesus says the harvest is ready and people need to hear. If you haven't read the book or even heard of the book, Honest Evangelism by a man named Rico Tice, I would encourage it. It's very um, encouraging. It's very straightforward. Um, Word about the necessity and the practicalness of sharing the gospel. But one of the things Rico Tice talks about is in the world we live in today, we have this interesting um, situation where hostility toward God is rising. Hostility toward the gospel. People are, are, are more angry about the things of God. They attack the things of God. They attack the people of God. But at the same time, while hostility is rising, equally, a hunger for the gospel is rising. Now, if you think about it for a second, in a, in a spiritual sense, we shouldn't find that strange. Because the most needed message in all the world is going to face opposition. So as the time toward Jesus' return becomes closer and closer, the battle is going to rage more and more. People are going to call out more and more for something that is real, something that can change their their life. So I just pray that God would open 
our eyes to see the needs around us, to see people the way Jesus sees people. Jesus looked out on the harvest and said he had compassion on them as he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. But yet when we don't get our order exactly like we want, or when we're frustrated with a customer service worker on the phone, it's usually compassion that takes the backseat. It's usually our own pride and our own selfishness. But God, that you would give us compassion to help us to see people through his eyes and then fill us with your spirit and give us the boldness to step forward and do something about it. I hope you're hearing so far that, that an essential part of what we are called to do, what it means to be a Christian, is to show, share the gospel with as many people as we can in all the different ways that we're able to. But when we do that, we need to be also aware that while we share as much as we can, there are some other things that we need to do we need to pray and we need to water the seed that we planted. So, I have a little cup if I can get it. So, I have a cup, and in my cup, I don't know if you can see it or not, but I have some dirt. So, this is kind of taking me back to kindergarten and Sunday school, um, if, you, if you enjoy that. But in my other hand, I have two beans. So, if I take these two beans, put them in my cup, press them down in the dirt with my finger, Set it up here and never water it. Do you think it will grow? See, we're having a science class. This is great. The answer could be probably not, not very well, or that's silly. It wouldn't even come close to doing anything. Well, of course not. If I, if I planted that seed and never watered it, it's not going to grow. But if I watered it, made sure it stayed moist, after several days, I would have a bean sprout, right? I would have to make sure that I, I watered it. I would pray and ask for God's help of how to take care of it, because I'm not a very good gardener. And the same thing is true when we share the gospel with other people. The third thing on your outline is, as we sow, we must pray and water Our responsibility is to sow seed. That last slide's not right, so I just skip it. But the last, as we sow, we must pray more. Our responsibility is to sow seed. That, that's been said. It's, it's true. But we have to do other things. We have to rely on the fact that only God can save. He's the one that causes growth. And as we sow seeds, we need to rely on prayer. Because God uses our prayer to accomplish his purposes. I don't understand why. I'm so glad he does. I think part of it is to, to grow us in our faith and allow us to be a part of what he's doing. Prayer is powerful. And when we pray, we can pray that the Lord will send out laborers into the harvest. We can pray for boldness to share the truth as we should. We can pray for God to soften hard hearts and open blind eyes. And we can take a stand in prayer against the devil and his schemes. 
And we can pray that those seeds that are cast out would sprout and grow and mature. So we sow and we pray. But we also water. Even good soil needs water to grow the seed. In 1 Corinthians 3, talking about the different ministries, Paul says, Paul says, I planted a Paulus water that God gave the growth. And then he goes on to show that, that both the laborers, the one who plants seed and the one who waters seed, receive equal, and it's God who gets the glory. And we know Paul, wherever he went, he planted seeds. He was out there preaching the truth about Jesus. But have you ever wondered what Apollos did? How did Apollos water, and how many could I water? We can find part of the answer at the end of Acts chapter 18, in the last two verses. I don't think it's on the screen, but let me just share with you. Um, it talks about Apollos. Apollos greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. And so on your screen there, you see how we can water gospel seeds. Following this example of Apollos, speak the truth of who Jesus is. Just talking about Jesus. This is what Jesus did for me. Giving personal testimonies. That's watering. The life you live can water gospel seeds. Living a transformed life where people see, okay, this really does make a difference. They are different in the way that they act and respond. And then loving people. So speaking the truth, loving people, and then living a transformed life. Those are ways that we can water a seed. And so just to kind of review before we're done, we sow abundantly, we water faithfully, and then we trust God to bring the growth. We read earlier in that He's the Lord of the harvest. And if it's true that Jesus still changes life, lives today, then it should encourage us to know that a growing disciple of Jesus regularly shares the gospel and shows his love. Now we're almost finished, but I don't want to get away from here without giving us a way to, to put this into practice, to make it real and, and practical. Because I'm fully aware that this is one of those areas, and evangelism and spending you know, any amount of extra time in prayer or attending a prayer meeting, that are, are battleground areas for a lot of believers. It's just difficult, it's challenging. And so let me just give us some encouragement about how we can put this into practice before we go. The first thing is to pray and look for opportunities to share about Jesus this week. Now, let me just give you a public service announcement. This is a dangerous prayer. If you don't want to tell people about Jesus, don't pray this. Now, I'm, not, I'm saying that jokingly. It's not a dangerous prayer. If you ask for opportunities, God's going to open your eyes and there are going to be people in your path. Because you know what? They're all around. There's going to be people. Pray and look for opportunities to share about Jesus this week. You can pray with confidence that God will put people in your path. And then along with that, ask for wisdom, what to say. Ask for courage, because you can be excited, and you can be ready right up to the moment, and then you're right there in front of the person, 
wow, did you watch that cowboy game yesterday? Or isn't the weather wonderful? And you'll talk about anything, but talk about Jesus. So pray and ask for opportunity. And then the second part is to commit to share Jesus with someone this week. Again, I want to refer to just a, a brief three-point outline from Honest Evangelism by Rico Tice. And I, I mentioned it before, but and many others, Dr. Fish and many others. You know, it's simply telling your testimony is just this. And you may want to write this down so you, you may want to write a testimony down. Tell them what you were like before you met Jesus. This is what my life was. Then tell them briefly in your own words what Jesus did for you. So you have the before, you have the transformation piece. This is what Jesus did. And then, just take a moment and tell them what a difference Jesus makes in your life. So this is how I was. This is what Jesus did. And this is who I am now by God's grace. Because a growing disciple regularly shares the gospel and shows God's love. And it's my prayer that we will be about the business of sowing good seeds because the harvest is plentiful. People are lost. The day is evil. And the time is short. We pray. Oh Lord, we are grateful that you speak to us through your word. Just as your word says, you've given us everything that we need to live a godly life. Which means you show us how to follow after you, how to, how to please you, how to serve you, how to be a disciple in this world that we live in. And this morning, we come to you confronted with the task of going and telling other people about you. Knowing that many people approach this in different ways. And Lord, we're just asking that we come to you fresh and new this morning. That we would lay aside bad experiences from the past. We would lay aside fear. We would lay aside doubt. We would lay aside guilt. Condemnation. That we would quiet our spirits and our hearts. That we would quiet the voices of the devil as he whispers untruth to us. And we would come before you. And Lord, we ask you as the Lord of the harvest to help us as your people. To see people. To have compassion. To see those that are helpless and harassed that are sheep without a shepherd. You would show us the power of the good seed that you planted in us. You would show us the new life that you've given us. You would show us who we are as your adopted children. we would focus on the majesty of who you are and the gift of salvation that cost your son his life and the power of the resurrection and the testimony of the empty tomb 
not only is Jesus is a, not only is Jesus alive, but we are alive in Him. And He would build encouragement and excitement in our hearts and our spirits. And as that encouragement and excitement overflows, that it wouldn't just be in praise and thanksgiving, but it would be in testimony of the greatness of our God. Or we want to come to you fresh and new and say, God, we want to be your messengers. We want to sow good seed. And we trust you to do this work in us, for us, and for your glory. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. And sing, worship team is here to help us. You know, and, and maybe you're, you're a consistent sower of good seed, and I'm proud of you. I'm thankful for you. And I just encourage you to continue to do what you do, where you are, wherever the Lord takes you. Maybe you're a little more of a reluctant seed sower. You deal a lot more with the, I know I need to, and I think I ought to, but I don't. I, I can't. The Lord wants to encourage and strengthen you this morning by the Spirit to give you an excitement and a joy to be able to experience something that is wonderful, precious. Or maybe you're worried about the opposition. Maybe you're worried about what if somebody says no, or what if somebody says they don't want to hear that. Encouragement in there is that our responsibility is just to be the messenger. We trust God to do the rest. And I pray that the Lord would strengthen you. Or maybe as you listened, you, you thought, for the, maybe the first time that, okay, when you talked about admitting that I'm a sinner and believing that Jesus is Savior and Lord, I, I've never really done that. I've been coming to church, or I've been to church, but I've never made that decision. And, and today you can settle that now. You can be, become a child of God and be a witness for him, telling of what he has done for you. I want to invite you to stand together. We're going to sing. Perhaps there's another need on your heart. You just want somebody to pray for you or need someone to pray. Um, the front is open for you to do that, or I'll be here as well. But let's stand and sing together and trust God to speak.
about praying for the Japanese people? Um, I was really, um, my heart was really stirred by Russell's sharing, and I was already thinking about some stuff before he started sharing. But, and then while he was sharing, I was thinking about different things, and the things I was thinking about, then he said. So that was kind of <laughs> an affirmation that God wanted me to pluck um, up my courage and come before you guys. Um, I really, you know, Kevin and I have shared so many gospel seeds in Japan, like hundreds of thousands of gospel seeds in Japan. And, um, it's very hard to share in your own country, but it is very but it's easier to share with other people. I think that's sometimes why God says go to other nations. Sometimes it's easier to, like, you don't have that cultural thing, I don't know, but we were able to share lots of seed there. And I really think that um, I didn't know why God had us come back, because I thought we would keep sharing there for nine or ten more years still. We saw, we saw people... Um, being open and people come to Christ. Um, so I uh, kind of dumped down about why we would be back here. And um, I don't really still know why that is, but I just feel like um, God, you know, He called me to Japan in like 1993. And we didn't, uh, I met Kevin and we married after that. And we didn't go to Japan until 2005. Uh, so my call was before I was with the International Mission Board. So my call, I believe God is continuing in my life. I don't feel like I'm supposed to just quit whenever somebody has a different strategy and things like that. So anyway, um, I'm just going to continue with that by taking those seeds that we have all names of hundreds of thousands of Japanese people that we have prayed for, we have shared with, and I've written all of those down. I have those, and I want to ask y'all to, anybody who feels like God would be leading you to do this with me is to pray with me for the Japanese people. You know, some people might think they're, you know, from the past, they're our enemies. We've got to pray for our enemies. Um, so I think it's really a biblical thing to do. And even the Bible says that God's house will be a house of prayer for all nations. I always take that to mean prayer of all nations, like, oh, all people are going to come to the house and be praying. But maybe that also could mean we're going to be praying for other nations. So I would like to ask the church and Rustin um, if I can have one of those rooms to use something morning during Sunday hour. Um, I'm not going to be teaching a Bible study, but just praying for the people that we share the gospel with. And I, I can give you names of people, and if you don't like to pray out loud, then we can have little booths or something like that, different ways to pray. Um, I also would even be willing to teach anybody Japanese who wants to learn and learn to write your testimony in Japanese. We can mail a Japanese testimony to people that we've shared with, if you'd like to do that. So I just want to make that um, available if you are okay with it. And the need is, is great. And so many seeds have been sown all around the world in places like Japan. And we need to be faithful as we lift that up to the, lift those before the, the throne that the Lord would work and cause them to grow. Thank you for, for being here and this morning. It's good to worship. It's good to be in the house of the Lord together. We're going to sing a song together. So if you want to stand up with us, I'm standing. I'm sure after we sing, if you're dismissed, you'll want to stand and greet one another. But after we sing, you're free to go. So let's sing together.